So, should you invest in China? In my opinion, and the opinion of Ray Dalio, Charlie Munger, and Phil Town, heck yes. But investing in China comes with risks, and I'm gonna go through all of them in this video. It's important to know that there are two ways to invest in China, through ETFs and individual companies. Curious about which ETFs you should pick to invest in China? Well, today I'll tell you. Curious about which companies I think are good to invest in China right now? Well, I'll tell you that as well. But more importantly, I'll give you all the information you need to know to understand what risks there are when investing in China and how it can affect companies like Evergrande and Alibaba. However, always do your own research before making any financial decisions. This is my own well-researched personal opinion on the matter. Now, time is money. I don't plan on wasting yours. So let's get into it. Since China began reforming its economy in 1978, GDP growth has averaged about 10% per year. That is, if you trust the GDP figures, which I'll get into later in this video. China has lifted more than 800 million people out of poverty. So, do I think it will continue to boom? Yes. And I'm not alone in this. Ray Dalio and Charlie Munger are both bullish on this as well. Let's hear from them. China's economic record among the big nations is the best that ever existed in the history of the world. I think the, the first thing is ever, Almost everybody's underweighted China. So unless you've been living under a rock, there's been a lot of news coming out of China recently. A lot of the news has been about China's regulatory crackdowns on different sectors, on online tutoring and also tech stocks. But we need to look at the forest, not the trees. Chinese stocks have been victim to a bear market 17 out of the past 20 years, usually driven by some policy issues like we're seeing today. But this volatility, this volatility, this volatility has meant strong annualized returns. From August 2001 to August 2021, the China index produced an annual return of 12.3%, outperforming the 9.3% of the S&P 500. But before you invest, you need to understand what risks China faces right now and if they are being mitigated or not. But you also need to understand as an investor, what specific issues will you face investing in ETFs and individual Chinese companies? Wow, Jordan, perfect segue to your first set of risks. I know, thanks Jordan. So let's get into the risks you face as an investor investing in individual companies or an ETF in China. So when investing in individual companies like Alibaba, you're actually investing in variable interest entities or a VIE. Not sure what this is? Don't worry, I didn't either. But it is one of the most important things to know before you invest in an individual Chinese company. Basically, when you buy something like Alibaba, you're purchasing a stock that tracks the original performance of a different stock. But all that exists is a contractual agreement between the offshore entity and an individual in China. So the individuals pass on the earnings or revenue to the shareholders. Usually these, are, usually, the, <coughs> usually these individuals are the company owners and they're held somewhere in the Cayman Islands. Why do they do this? Well, basically the VIE structure allows companies or individuals to raise money from other countries like America or Australia. But what does this mean for you? Well, there is no legal standing in China for the intellectual or legal rights under the original stock. What does this mean and how bad can it really be? Real bad. In a scenario where the Chinese government says to Alibaba, hey, you have to be a non-for-profit now and you can't raise any more money through VIE structure. And guess what? The price of that stock is gonna drop real fast. So how much of a risk is this? Well, it is a real serious risk. However, VIE arrangements have existed for over 20 years. And because they allow Chinese companies to access equity, I don't think the Chinese government's gonna stop them anytime soon. Also, they only represent a small amount of the total equity that Chinese companies are making, but it's definitely a risk for you to consider. That's the VIE risk, but there's another risk that you need to really consider, and that's the delisting risk. And this risk is importantly different. Basically, it means whether or not the US government or a different government will allow Chinese companies to list on their stock exchanges. In November, 2020, Trump actually delisted companies 
that had some ties to the Chinese military. And this banned random companies like China Telecom. And now, even though Trump isn't president anymore, it's unclear whether Biden will continue these types of bans in the future for other companies like Alibaba. I should also make a point here. I think this risk is mitigated a little bit more because China's Ministry of Commerce have expressed they want to collaborate with the US government to ensure that the Chinese companies can stay listed under the stock exchanges of the world. Okay, but moving on to an issue that I think everyone has some degree of concern with in general, a government's increasing involvement in private companies. And with China, this is no different. If anyone has read Dataism, you'd understand that data is one of the biggest commodities in the world right now. Big tech companies like Alibaba and Tencent are increasingly getting more data from their services. Surprise, surprise, the Chinese government wants it because this will help the Chinese government understand their citizens even more than they already do. Whether or not the Chinese government's involvement in companies is a good thing or a bad thing is up to you. I could easily argue both ways here. Chinese government involvement in a company shows they will back the company and could even help them profit and get more data from their citizens. But it could also mean a crackdown if these companies aren't using the data in a way that the government wants them to. Speaking of data, there's a huge issue in China with how it's audited. In December 2020, the US House of Reps put through a bill to kick Chinese companies off the US stock exchange. Why? Because they want to crack down on Chinese companies not abiding by their auditing rules. This law applies to any country around the world. But realistically, if you read through the lines, it's cracking down on Chinese companies. If it becomes law, all accounting firms headquartered in a different country could be barred. Will Chinese firms be barred as a result? Probably not, but not definitively. Determinations against the companies auditing like Alibaba's will depend on a variety of factors. These include foreign regulations, performance of agreements with US authorities, and experience working with foreign authorities. I personally don't think this is a major issue for Alibaba. This is because PricewaterhouseCooper, or PwC, audits Alibaba, and they have a high standing and a high reputation with the US. But this could be a risk for other Chinese companies that don't hold higher auditing standards. Okay, so now you know if you're gonna access companies in China, there are a few risks, which include the variable interest entity or VIE, the delisting risk, the increasing government control, and the auditing risk of companies. But let's say you've factored in these risks and you don't mind, just like me. Well, there are still risks with investing in the Chinese economy. I tried to simplify these as much as possible. So let's get started. So the first big risk with the Chinese economy is that the data coming out of it is not really that trustworthy. This is a simple risk to identify, but really hard to measure. The official economic data that comes from China is really hard to separate fact from fiction. Economists are more or less reading the trends and looking at the actual data figures. However, the trend for China has been on the rise, but how much you should trust this is up to you. The second is China's interesting economic policies, that being the common prosperity and the three red line policy. A major, major bear case for China is all the policy uncertainty. Will China allow their companies to innovate and be productive or will they clamp down on areas that they feel are negative to the populace? The common prosperity fund has been set up to distribute wealth all across the country. The three red line policy has been set up to deleverage companies and reduce their risk. Realistically, these policies are just trying to smooth out the volatility, but these can have unintended consequences. However, so far, China's been really good at balancing out that social cohesion and volatility, allowing companies to innovate and grow. That's why, again, even though there's been a bit of a bear trend 17 out of 20 years, normally these Chinese markets do really well in the end and give you that 12% return. Okay, with the whole Evergrande issue, we definitely can't make this kind of video without talking about debt. China has private non-financial sector debt of about 222% of its GDP. For comparison, the United States has 164%, but China's debt is manageable and it can be used in productive ways. A really, really important point to make here is that the Chinese Communist Party controls the banks. 
which basically means they can order the banks to buy the bad loans if they have to. This is why something like the Evergrande crisis won't ever become like the US problem. However, this won't just be a simple bailout and Chinese governments will likely restructure these companies and take more control. But whether or not this is a bad thing or a good thing, again, it's up to you. Now, a video on China cannot go without talking about trade tensions. China seems to be continuously fueling fires with other countries, like big important countries like the US, or equally important but smaller countries like Australia. The Chinese government needs to switch to a more consumption-based model to escalate growth. I believe the Chinese economy can do this. The wealth of the Chinese middle and upper class will increase, and they will be willing to pay a premium for domestic products and international products. This will mean countries like the US will have more of a reason to collaborate with China and strengthen the relationship. There's plenty of scope for this rebalancing of the economy because currently consumption only accounts for 40% of China's GDP. So I think here China can ease trade tensions by buying back other countries' love, so to speak. Kind of like how I buy my girlfriend flowers sometimes if I do something wrong. So one of the really big risks that I found in my research that I hadn't really heard of before is that China's population is decreasing. For decades, China had the one-child policy, which is now affecting the working age of the population. This drives economic growth long-term because you need more productive workers. And so if the working age of a population is increasing, but there aren't new babies being born to take over the working population, then that's an issue for economic growth. China's working age population between 15 and 64 accounts for 68% of the population. But by 2050, it'll be down to 60%. What that means is that China needs more babies fast. However, the government is encouraging more people to have children, but it's hard to know right now if just encouraging people is gonna be enough. Should you be worried about this? Well, I'm not too worried. The Chinese government are really effective at creating policies and enforcing them. I can easily see a situation where they flip that one child policy and have two children or three children policy, and I'm sure this is gonna make it rain babies. Okay, so now you know, investing in Chinese companies has risks such as the VIE, delisting, increasing involvement of the Chinese government in companies, and companies auditing. But now you also know that there are risks when investing in China as a country or its economy. These include the untrustworthy data, the uncertainty of policy, the amount of debt in China right now, and the increasing trade tensions. And last but certainly not least, China's population is decreasing or slowing down. So are these risks being mitigated? Because it sounds like there's a lot of them. Well, I would say to a certain degree. So let's get into the two biggest questions. Should you invest in China? And how should you do it? I just wanted to say that this video is a political and regulatory look at China. It doesn't necessarily mean that I believe in everything that China does and agree with everything that China does. Let's get into it. So, should you invest in China? In my opinion, absolutely. Diversification is key and there's some great buying opportunities right now. How do you invest in China? Well, that's a bit of a trickier question. There are two ways. ETFs or individual companies. The simplest way to invest in China is through an ETF, such as Vanguard's VT. I've spoken about this in a different video, link up top. VT holds roughly 4% in China, which means if China dominates the global economy in the future, you'll get those returns. But if you want a bigger bet on China and the emerging markets, then there are other ETFs that I've spoken about in that previous video. However, this is a bigger bet on China by about 40% of that total ETF. But if you like doing more research and having a higher risk, higher reward, then you can pick individual stocks. Right now, my personal opinion and something that I'm doing is buying the Alibaba stock. Charlie Munger's also bought this, so has Phil Town. I've done a whole video on Alibaba and why I'm buying it, link up top. Okay, so clearly there's 
quite a few risks when investing in China. But I think that most of these are being mitigated and other ones, it just means that you get a higher return by taking on that risk, which is what I'm doing by investing in Alibaba. I hope you've enjoyed the video today. It'd mean a lot to me if you hit that like and subscribe button. Also, let me know if I've missed out on any other risks than investing in China. Leave me a comment down below. As always, next step, invest. For me, in a company like Alibaba. Always make sure you do your own financial research before making any investment decisions, as I'm not a financial advisor. So check out another video here, here, or here, and I'll see you again soon.